Listen to this podcast right now! Do you want to hear a fucking podcast about anything and everything? Like movies, music, television, and more? Oh my god. Well, you've come to the right place. Subscribe to Journey Into Comics Network, and you get Podcastrophy, hosted by me, Dick. Why not throw a couple bucks to the Patreon? It's your choice. Yeah. This is a Podcastrophy. That sounds so awesome. The following is a Journey to Comics Network production. To a nicer guy, it couldn't happen. I am the man of the hour, the man with the power. Diamonds are forever. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. And what you gonna do, Andre? History beckons the macho man. Yeah, the best there is. The best there was. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Two words for ya! Two Do I have everybody's attention now? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Journey Into Wrestling. We are back. It is the season premiere. I am your host, Nate, and I've got something pretty awesome for you guys today. So typically, we've got, you know, like a, a standard show, and we talk about all the current going-ons of, the, of, of wrestling and what have you. Not today. Today, I'm going to bring you guys something totally different. And what I'm bringing to you is... That I have a couple very special guests. John Tyler Christopher, Matthew Waite. Both are Marvel comic book cover artists who have carved their own paths in the world of comic books. Uh, John Tyler Christopher does the Star Wars action figure cover series. And has been doing amazing with that. And has tons and tons and tons and tons of uh, characters that he's done in that series as well as some other Marvel characters and what have you. And I think he also has a deal with Hasbro. Uh, And then on the other side, we've got Matthew Waite, who has himself carved out a very special legacy with his style of art. He does 8-bit covers for Marvel. He's done some for Boom Studios and and, um, Valiant. And you guys can hear all about that. All you got to do is go find it on the Journey into Comics Network. Somewhere, at some point in time, you guys will have heard the Matthew Waite conversation. I promise it's already out there. I'm not sure where it is, but it is already out there, so go find that Easter egg. Anyways, enough banter from me. I'm going to send it on over to Nate. Send it on over to the live stage from LafiCon 2018. By the way, this was recorded live on stage, impromptu, and it was fantastic. We did not get to have the full conversation that we wanted. However, there will be more conversation to be had between the three of us, and I cannot wait for that. So without further ado, myself, John Tyler Christopher, and Matthew Waite discussing professional wrestling. Mic check one, two. Oh, that's tasty. You sound good. You guys sound great. That is a, that is, that is a tasty BB-8. Woo! Delicious drinking on the podcast. Heck yeah, that's the only way to pod, bro. <laughs> we're, we're essentially doing a mini journey into wrestling right now. Welcome to the show. John Tyler Christopher and Matthew Waite, both comic book artists. Both have carved their names out in the industry with their own unique style of comic book covers. But we're not here to talk about comics today, guys. Let's talk some wrestling. We're going to talk some wrestling. Woohoo! What's your, uh, just, just to so people who are familiar with wrestling but don't know you guys and your preferences... Both of you are going to answer this question, top three, all time, and go. No particular order. Macho Man, Bret Hart, 
Shawn Michaels. Singing to my heartstrings, absolutely. Flair. Oh. Oh, man. I was always a fan of Eddie Guerrero, too, man. Oh, yeah. Dude, I saw his second-to-last match, a SmackDown live event. Uh, it was him, Batista, and Orton. Triple threat for the title because Eddie was champ. Or No, Batista at the time was champ. Batista wins with the Batista bomb on Orton, and then after him and Eddie celebrated and danced all around the ring in the arena for like 25 minutes, we were just in the crowd like, <laughs> this is great. And then the next week he was dead, and I was very sad. Oh, my God. It was like awful. I, I, I got to think of it as two schools. Like, who's the most charismatic and who's the best technical? Ooh. Well, and that's why my number three pick, or not number, not number three, but my third pick of that would probably be Angle, because I think technical. much like Flair, like... Guy was just, when he wanted to be funny, he was funny. When he wanted to be serious, he was serious. But, man, I don't care. Between Michaels at the WrestleMania match, what was it, 21? Amazing. One of the and, legendary matches of WrestleMania. And his match with, with Guerrero is, to me, one of the most underrated matches. Oh, his, his match with Ray. <sighs> yes, also an amazing his match. Ray Mysterio. I mean, hearing him talk about it, just like... Ray Ray was scared that their their styles were not going to mesh, oh, and Angle's like, "You go all out. Let's work on this. I want to cater." That's the good thing about Kurt Angle is that he always caters to the other guy. Angle's one of those guys that can make anybody look great. Oh well, like again, going back to that Guerrero Angle match, man. Yeah. Like, how much did that it played into both of them as who they were so well? Because mm-hmm. you had the whole thing at the end where he was tying in the ankle lock. But Guerrero's shoe boot had gotten loosened, so he pulls the boot off, and I was like, "That's pure Eddie Guerrero." And then doesn't yep. he hit Angle with the boot, and then lays down like he got hit? Yes, and that was yep. the switch. Yep. I mean, that's classic heel Eddie Guerrero at his finest, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, phenomenal. Top three for me is hard because there's just like a wide array of wrestlers I've loved. Uh, Chris Jericho is one I can't ignore. He's one of my all-time favorites. Yeah. Uh, Michaels obviously is up there, but then it's like do I say Flair? Do I say Rock? Well, that's that's why I'm saying like two there's two There really is. There yeah. is two schools. And Flair is definitely more the charismatic uh he didn't get by on his wrestling skills. No, you know, no. He got by on talking and he yeah. was phenomenal at it. But there are guys that definitely bridge the gap. CM Punk uh, Jericho, uh, even now with the the elite, which we're going to probably be talking a little bit about. The like, elite, the, the the elite, the. Okay, we, okay, we, I thought we were going to keep going, but uh, <laughs> no, dude, I love professional wrestling, and uh, we had riffed that we wanted to do this last year and didn't get a chance to do this. Yeah. So, what do you guys think of the current climate of professional wrestling, and does WWE turn you off after WrestleMania season? It's turned me off before WrestleMania season, to be to be frank with you. Um, Fair enough, yeah. No, like so. Here's the deal. Like, I I will admit I, I own the network, so I'm I'm same. I'm feeding the machine, um, but I watch it for other things. Like, I I have not watched Raw or SmackDown, with the exception of unless I hear the uh, SmackDown was amazing. I can't. I I don't think I've watched Raw in five years, honestly. Like, Whoa. Yeah. No. I just I. Honestly, I hate Roman Reigns. Same. I um, mean, there's a point where you could have got him over. I think the first year he had a chance to win the Rumble, and they didn't give it to him, and they gave it to Batista. Right. That's a mistake. And then the next year they try to push him, and then everybody wants Daniel Bryan to win. So when Roman wins, nobody wants that. Right. 
And then you tried to put him over at Mania, and it just doesn't work. They're trying. They're just make him a fucking heel, make him a bad dude. Well, it's it's the mentality is that that that's the guy that they still want to get over. I don't they, think it's they, gonna work at this point. It's not gonna work, and and that's the main reason why WWE doesn't care. They got their money, so they're gonna do whatever they want to do. And you're seeing that in Raw and SmackDown is that their storyline are, are so convoluted. And it's so, it's not good storytelling. It isn't. No, they've got you're, no you're doing the same five matches over and over and over again. Here's a crazy stat for you guys. So, uh, Battleground 2016, Sammy and Kevin Owens had a match. It was supposed to be the last time they'll ever face each other. Of course. Since then, they have had 147 <laughs> singles matches or matches <laughs> against each other because they immediately both got drafted to SmackDown immediately got put back into a feud and it's like did you forget what you just told us the last time they're gonna battle once in a lifetime twice yeah (laughs) two times yeah didn't care about it the first time didn't care about it the second time i actually hated the second time because it cost cm punk the greatest title reign maybe in modern history you know what i'm saying and uh had that not happened and he stays with the company through wrestlemania 30 i mean there's so many things that could have been better if they didn't screw that up give the title to rock for Rock to drop it to Cena, it just it didn't it didn't line up. It, for, for me again, like I under I, I appreciated the first times like the value of it, right? Like it's yeah. like it, it's the, it's the dream match, and yeah, and, and then like Cena was those. disappointed with the loss and couldn't get over himself, and that's like it was kind yeah. of a good character development for him right. a little bit. But then they just said, okay, we're gonna do it again. Well, but but again, going back to like the problem with it was that with Cena, right? So he loses the match. He's on this like horrible losing streak. And it was built for the Rocky Balboa comeback, but the problem was twofold. They never actually took Cena down. He was still John Cena throughout the whole situation. Da, 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 da. Yeah. I wish I couldn't see him. And on this on the flip side, so like his re- he, there was no redemption because he never went down and he never acted like it's it's the problem that so many faces have now in wrestling. Like there is no viability to their frustration. Because, like, I lost a match, but it's cool. I want to smile and high-five people. Like, you don't see that with other people. Like, even in NXT, man, look at, like, the... Okay, NXT Chicago recently, right? You had the Gargano Ciampa uh, Amazing, yes. Okay. I saw it live. Shut up. I'm so mad at you. (laughs) Man, like, there's how you do it. Ciampa gets booed. Like, legitimately, you hate him for all the right reasons. There's white heat in that room that night. Gargano comes out. He doesn't come out there and try and lock up with them and let's have a wrestling match. Beats the piss out of them. Oh, my God. They're just, like, throwing dogs. And then, like, they keep escalating and building up and building the match. Like, the, the storytelling in that and the storytelling leading up to it is something you don't see on the main roster anymore. And it's, it's, it, it kills all viability for me with the main roster. I think it's evident that Vince still has a stronghold on the main roster, even though we want to believe H is getting the push to be the guy next. But Well, H, H, H is getting the, the, the push on 205 Live and NXT. And how are those shows doing? Amazing. What's the quality level so, of those? So, okay, so Tenfold better. N- NXT is probably the best product that they have right now. And ever since Hunter took over 205 Live, it has been phenomenal. Right. They're still not getting to the point where they should be on 205 Live, 
205 Live should be the, the Lucha Libre flippy stuff, and they're, they well, still don't do that. It should be the Cruiserweight Classic, yes. which was amazing. Yeah. What they need to do is set it up to where I think they screw up because they want everybody to stick around after SmackDown for 205 Live. And I think they need to capitalize and actually put that before your SmackDown launches, so you warm the crowd up to amazing matches. It should be action. it should be tied in with NXT. Also, that could be another play. Or you it should be the lead in or after NXT. Well, I thought that was one of the things that WCW did really well back in the back in the day with Nitro was like you even even if you incorporate it into the show itself, like dude, Raw being three hours is criminal. Yeah, it like, sucks. Like. I that and again when I said five years I was just like kind of spitballing there because I do remember the three I don't know how long it's been three hours but I, I I kept with it a little bit during the three hour stage and it was just miserable and like that's one of the things that drove me away and when you have three hours you how can you not have time for things like Raw is not only the longest show but it feels like the longest show because nothing happens the mid, there's no attention to the mid card and here's an opportunity to sh- like highlight the cruiserweights and give those amazing matches just like Ray used to do with like all the guys back in WCW oh, and man. i think that's what, that was the problem with then why Neville left like yeah yeah well he's he, he got the weirdest lack of push you get the nxt title and it almost was like if you had an nxt title when you came up to the main roster you were getting a push to the main titles one of the two and neville just got kind of pushed to the bottom i get <laughs> well, it he's a smaller here's, here's exactly what they, they're doing the exact same thing to a draw day yes <sighs> and almas is an amazing word how he, good were those matches man on those takeovers with the, oh yeah. uh, he the johnny gargano match was phenomenal they, uh, he he gets the title he gets called up to the main roster, and he hasn't been on TV except for backstage promotion. Maybe he's nursing an injury. No, Sin Cara is who they want him to face, and Sin Cara is nursing an injury. So they're just having him bite his time. Yeah. Give him somebody better. There's better feuds. You yeah. know what? Put Almas. <laughs> almost, almost is a guy that can can face off against anybody and have a good match. Absolutely. And I did not like him in NXT. But I didn't at I first, respect. but to, I, his I, title reign was unreal. It, it was a spectacular title reign. It really was. When when who, who did he win the title off of? I'm blanking for a second. He beat uh, Drew McIntyre. Yeah. So right. that McIntyre, that's that's when I first noticed him. Like really took note. That McIntyre match was great. That was uh, was that the NXT during show? That was uh, the WrestleMania weekend. That was New Orleans. Yeah. Right. I think it was one of those deals where, like, I th- it felt like they got the title on him because McIntyre was having Getting called up. But, you know, you always hear that people talk about, and this is one of the frustrating things, is the whole brass well, ring or, like, take advantage of when you get the opportunity, like, BS. that They, they try and tell the fans, which we can smell the, the BS a mile totally. away. Totally. But almost was one of those guys that when given the opportunity to run, I did not care about him before he really got the title. Like, it was just like, yeah. eh, whatever. His title reign, he put on amazing match he after put amazing on, he match put on, after amazing match. He put on a great clinics. Curious. So. You were at NXT. We were just talking. Velveteen Dream has got to be the other guy that's just ultra over, right? Oh, yeah. Dude. I mean, hit that ricochet match, work, match. Amazing. So when, when I started watching NXT on the regular and Velveteen Dream came out, I'm just like, this guy has Everything. He's got the look. He's got the charisma. And he's got the rain work. Like, 
I am so deathly afraid of this guy getting called up. <laughs> well, he's, he's just... going to turn into like, like with with, with Velveteen Dream. Like when I first saw the the, like when they repackaged him as the Velveteen Dream, yeah. I was like, oh my god, this is going to be another like you know, adorable Adrian character. or like Rico or one of those like, like okay, you're going to make him the flamboyant. He has like owned it. Yeah, and going with. It's a testament to him as a performer how good he's made that character work. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so I wasn't going to go to NXT Chicago at all. I'm okay. like, uh, I just, eh. but what made me go and buy the tickets was very like the uh, I think it was a week or two before NXT. That promo between Ricochet and Velveteen Dream. Like, they did the taped one where he's like, you know, Ricochet's like, yeah, when he was in uh, uh, Tough Enough, blah, blah, blah. And then the dream goes, the dream don't remember that. And then they do. I, I'm like, that is, that was, that Perfect. was great. I loved every minute. That was just like, the dream don't remember. Uh, but then Ricochet did that flip. Right. Out of the ring. And said, show me. I'm like, take my money. But Take it right now. This is going to be a five-star match. And it was. I need to be physically there to see this match. Isn't that a testament, though, to like the creative team or the performers? I, I don't know how the structure of... Like, I, don't, I don't know. I don't but, see structure okay. at all. Every feud the Velveteen Dream has had. Like, Do you remember the, the Aleister Black yeah. feud he had? Where it was yeah. like, say, say my, my name. name. That's all it was. But yeah. there's a point to the feud that you don't get in other... like. Maybe, and that's one of the reasons I love all of his matches because, and he he tells that story in the ring on top of the prom, the promos yep. leading up to it, that you have an investment in what is going to unfold in I'm, this match. I'm invested in Velveteen Dream. I'm starting to invest into Ricochet. Right. I'm highly invested in Alistair Black. He's an amazing talent. Alistair Black was great until he got the title. You think he's been kind of lame? He's with the been title? he's been lame to me. Like the, I I was there for the Lars Sullivan match, and my God, is Lars Sullivan uh, literally when they say he's a Kirby drawing <laughs> in real life? That man in per I, I'm 25 rows back on the outskirts. He comes out. I'm just like, oh my God, that's Jack Kirby. <laughs> that is a Jack Kirby drawing, and I'm seeing it for real. He's built like the thing. Yes, he is. Yeah, he is just a ridiculously monster. More monstrous he, than uh, Braun, you think? Than who? Braun. Braun's oh. got that baby face that you cannot take seriously. Lars okay. Sullivan looks like a guy that would just rip your soul out of you. He 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 looks like a gorilla. Yes. Like I mean, like his fists are like the size he of my is, head. Yes, he's got Andre the Giant hands. That scary, like, he is a scary man. Yes, and that's, so, like, Braun is, the difference between he and Braun is that when Braun does what he does, and because of the background we know he has, he's a scary dude. Yes. Like, but, like, Brock Lesnar, I look at those two men, and I'm just like, that man could beat me up. First time. Unquestionably. First time I ever saw Brock Lesnar is when he was doing, he did one match for the XWF. Okay. In Hammond, in Indiana. That was that failed Hulk Hogan thing. Yeah. So, 
we're in Hammond. I see that guy come out. He he's still in his mid twenties at this point. Wow. And I go, that is a even though he he still has that baby face, I'm still thinking that is a scary man. I would I would piss myself if I had to go face to face with this person. Lars Sullivan's that guy. Okay. No, he just looks like yeah. a monster. Braun Strowman. God forbid he's a big guy, but he's got that baby face. He's, he looks that inviting. Does, like yes. you could be friendly with him. Yeah, he looks like a giant teddy bear. Well, but I think they're, he's one of the few guys they're actually doing something right with on the roster of absolutely making him. Because I do watch the pay-per-views, and then I'll watch the, like, the lead-ups. Or I'll watch, like, I listen to wrestling podcasts nonstop. So I'm keeping up to speed on what totally. is going yeah. on. But knowing that... Stroman now is a babyface. The audience is behind him, especially when he comes out in the pay-per-views and stuff well, like that. They're, they're, no, they're, he's not so much babyface. They're still trying to make him the monster, but the crowd is making him babyface. Fate. He's a face, but he's not a babyface. Yeah. Like, it just, it's the fact that like he's a monster, and we yeah. want to cheer that. Like, it's similar to with Lesnar. No matter what they do with Brock Lesnar, you can hate him all you want, but you kind of love him because you know he's just going to go in there and just tear crap up. Yeah. They, they, they killed me with Braun, and why I don't like Braun as much anymore is that whole thing with Nicholas. They didn't <laughs> oh, need man, to do at that. WrestleMania, that was dumb. I thought he was just going to say, I'm my partner, and then just no, beat no, no. The hell out that would have been a perfect opportunity to bring in somebody that, an NXT call up, bring back Neville. That would have been awesome. Or just somebody, just bring back a, 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 a veteran. MVP. Something. I liked it. Anybody. I like him too, so. A- MVP is one of the most underrated wrestlers out there. Absolutely. Ever. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, pair him with a – there's, there's the, uh, uh, um, um, that, that no chin some bitch. James Ellsworth. Ellsworth. Team up with Ellsworth. Yeah. Well, because I, what, I, what I had a problem with that match when I watched it was the fact that, like, I'm a huge Cesaro fan. And you talk about underrated. Mm-hmm. Cesaro's massively underrated. Yep. Barely had any individual title runs. Lost in the shuffle in a tag team division. He <laughs> right. should be a champ. Well, and he's... Every, talk about somebody that makes everyone look good. You know, like, yeah. you, you watch Cesaro's matches, and you're just like, this guy's fun to watch wrestle. Like, yeah. how they botched his teaming with Paul Heyman is... Because like that was the, that was a match made in heaven as far yeah, as just it was. like you have the one of the best talkers behind Bobby the Brain Heenan as far as like managers go ever in conjunction with one of the best wrestlers of this generation like just let it happen. Now I I do like the bar. The bar is awesome, and they they screwed that up. But I I thoroughly do I thoroughly enjoy the bar. Thanks, Seamus. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I really do. I, I like them as a tag team. I didn't like them as fir- at first. Well, it was hard because you do that best of seven. The yeah. expectation there, one of them are going to get a title opportunity. And then the title opportunity is let's team you together as a tag team, which at first you're like, Yeah, let's we're, we're killing each other, but then the very next week we're a tag team. But they made it work because it wasn't like they were water and water together yeah. it was oil and water for a minute as Seamus yeah. and Cesaro before they became the bar well I know? think th- I think the bar is indicative of a, a larger problem in the main roster which bothers me is just and Matt and I were talking about this earlier of like 
it drives me nuts that there's only a focus ever on one thing at a time. And when the focus was on them as the tag team champs, every feud felt pointless because all you cared about was they didn't them. need the face oh who did they face like 17 times in a row no that's i'm thinking uso's new day which yeah they've had a million matches yeah. against each other I, uh, i'm just i am so fed up with the guy like it, it ties me into why i hate roman reigns right like i'm sure he's a great dude like I, i'm talking about characters here it's like, absolutely. it's like somebody saying one of the things that frustrates me is when when either the wrestlers or commentators or somebody makes comments about like well, the fans don't like, you know, I'm, he's a hard worker. It's like, dude, it's like somebody saying, like, I hate the thing or I hate Spider-Man. It's like, we're not talking about a person. We're talking about a fictitious character here. Great. He's performed by somebody and he's performed to the best of that guy's ability. I'm not knocking him as an actor, as a performer. I'm saying the character Roman Reigns I hate. And one of the reasons I hate him is because he is the only focus on the show. Absolutely. Everything else is, how does this benefit Roman Reigns? And... It drives me nuts. And the same thing happened with the bar or whoever's the champ. There's like one tag team they'll pick. And then there's one team that just out of nowhere will show up. And then they're like the focus for a couple of weeks. And then it's somebody like. Then they go back to the, mid, the lower mid card. Well, I forget if it was who said it, but the philosophy is every person in every feud should have the t- a title in mind for I'm fighting you. Because the winner of us gets to move up to be closer to fighting for the title. Well, that's that's the, that's the new Japan mentality. Absolutely, and they do it properly. Yeah. Okay. So you're you're in the six man tag in New Japan. You pin the champion. Guess what? You you're, pin the champion. You're in line for the title. Right. And if you pin them decisively, you might go to the front of the line. Yeah. Depending. Depending. Depending on what the packing order is. Because if it's like right around the G1 Classic, they're not going to do that. And that's that's where they're failing a lot with uh, where uh, WWE is failing a lot is that one they have too many titles. Okay. You know there should be and that when I first got back into wrestling when they had the one title and they were going back and forth between SmackDown and Raw, that was beautiful because then that show could say hey, we've got the title over here. Correct. You guys, you know? And they, um, they don't have that now. No. it's Because the, the issue is now you have such a, like, massive divide. You've got Raw with all of their titles, SmackDown with all of their titles, but who's really the top guy? And then you look yeah. at Raw, and I don't know if you guys think this is a problem, but like, what's Lesnar been doing? What? How does he not well, even he's, defend the he's title? He's considered or? the universal title, which is the new made-up title, yep. is the top title. Lesnar has it. Hasn't been showing up. While AJ's actually the top wrestler. He's so good. And at the pay-per-views, why is he on the mid-card for the title? It goes back to the way they have always treated SmackDown. Yeah. Even back when there was like the SmackDown now, 6 Now, I'm just wondering know, if that position's going to change now that SmackDown's going to Fox. Ooh, yeah, that's true. That the is Friday a good, night move. That is yeah. a real hope, I think, that SmackDown is going to be. Because SmackDown's always been the better show. And at two hours, it's perfect. Right. You can tell your stories with your guys and make the title actually mean something. And that should be their flagship show now because it's going to be on basic. Right. Raw is the, the, the corner. They, 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 they shouldn't make it the flagship show. It's the cornerstone of WWE. It shouldn't be the flagship show anymore. 
I just I just want to share the love on it. Like that's my whole thing. Again, it just goes. Sometimes, guess what? AJ is in a better feud than Roman Reigns. Yeah. Roman doesn't need to close the show. No. Especially considering everyone hates it. And like, I was shocked. I was shocked at the last paper. Whole reason why Roman I never went to ba- Money in the Bank. the show. Because just like Cena, no matter what Cena was doing, he always closed. Even when Punk was having these amazing matches with Daniel Cena Bryan. Cena was the headliner, yeah. You know, and it's just, they need to get over that mentality. And you guys mentioned New Japan, right? And it's like, I wasn't even following New Japan when Wrestle Kingdom happened last year. Like, I, again, I was, like, following it and Leading into, like, the Omega Jericho match is what you're talking about. Omega Jericho. Like, just in following it on that- podcasts and on, on, like, YouTube, I was more invested in half of that card than I was in WrestleMania. That, like, because they didn't care about half the WrestleMania matches. Why should I? Whereas I, w- I was like, Naito, this match is amazing. Like, you know. My first New Japan experience was Wrestle Kingdom. This past one. This past one. Okay. So that was my first. My buddy James has been following New Japan for a while. And he's like, all right, dude, here's what's going to happen. You're going to come over on January 4. You're going to sit down because you you like WWE. You like what it is. You're going to watch New Japan and you're going to say New WWE after you watch this. And sure enough. I watched Wrestle Kingdom and I said, WWE. Yeah, dude, that Super Junior match, the six man yeah. match with Will Ospreay and Marty Skrull and everybody. Oh, like, that thing! I thought I thought Osprey was dead. Oh my god! I thought Osprey was legitimately either crippled or dead. That curb stomp that he took was insane. I I you, I, I thought I I'm like oh my god he just went vacant. He did. Yeah, and that that the uh, the move on the outside on that rope, I thought, oh man, he's crippled. Oh yeah, for sure. Osprey is a crazy man, crazy. Well, I, th- I think one of the things that New Japan is, does that's so much better than what the WWE is currently doing, but didn't they used to do well? Was they let the characters be the characters? Like yes, within a very short period of time, you understand who Tanahashi is. And what his role is within the company. One pay-per-view, I understood exactly who was who and what was what. Right. Absolutely. Well Instead said. of, it's Roman Reigns. Yeah. He's he's the guy we really like. Well, but I like Daniel Bryan and no, I like Finn Balor. No, like Gallimore, Roman Reigns. But, but no, we're going to push Roman Reigns. He's really strong. Yeah. But Finn Balor, I mean, he was the first Universal Champ. You, got, you should give him that rematch, right? Nope, Roman Reigns is the greatest. Yeah. Yep. I'm so sick and tired of hearing the excuses also of like... like Again, I can smell BS a mile away, and I know, like, don't you, you can't throw me crumbs and expect me to think it's a steak. Well said. Yeah. Well said. And I think that being the elite and the the show, I don't know if you guys watch it on YouTube. It's hilariously cleverly done. We were, we were just talking about that. It's just like WWE is obsessed with social media, but they suck at it. I'm looking at their social media. I'm looking at, you know, uh, Bailey's social media. I'm looking at Kevin Owens. What was his social media? What your social media is? Is that what you mean to say, <laughs> yeah. K.O.? Yeah. Yeah. I am the <laughs> For those of you that don't know, boot. Matt looks just like Kevin Owens. A 100% boot. dead ringer. Dead ringer. He right. loves Celine Dion. <laughs> or no, Shania, I'm sorry, Twain. Shania Twain. Yeah, Shania I'm sorry. Twain. Hey, I actually do like Shania Twain, okay? Um... <laughs> But I'm looking at everybody's social media, and they're, like, all obsessed with the social media. And when we're talking about it, I'm like, okay, so 
being the elite is how you do wrestling social media. You are continuing the storyline through being the elite. And we talked about it, and the thing was is that the guy that started everything on social media was Matt Hardy. With Broken V1. Hardy. Yep, V1. OG. V1 started social media Matt Hardy. Yeah, and he did a wonderful job with it. And then um, a guy named Zach Ryder picked yeah. up and really ran with it. And Because, and, you know, if you capitalize and you, you make your own and you, you take advantage of what is given to you, you can rise to the top. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. How's Zach Ryder still doing? Like, what did they do with Z? No. And what are, what are they doing with Broken Matt Hardy? Nothing. The greatest. Wait a minute. Don't him and Bray have the tag titles? Still? The fact that you're asking the question and not telling us is like, that I, is all you need to say. I, like, I don't even think they defended the titles at, at Money in the Bank. Yeah. No, they didn't. They were supposed to, then they, they scrapped it. And, you know, like, Final Deletion should have been an amazing event. Wasn't. The only great thing out of that was Mower of Lawns. <laughs> I was, I, I did not dislike that as much. Like I, 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 I appreciated what they tried to do. I mean, the, the first one they did, they didn't capitalize on it. Right, and no, and, and that's that. I will give you all the credit on that one. Bray Wyatt should have came back as kind of like how Brother Nero came back. I totally agree. Yeah, Going to like it should have been a completely different, different incarnation of yeah. him. Totally, not just well, I'm me, I'm wearing a meat slab apron now. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I hate to cut this short, but we do have a couple more panels. So if you okay. guys are willing to, after the two panels, we can continue this conversation and go a little bit further. Oh, we still have to get into the elite, baby. We haven't even got there yet, yeah. I know. So we're going to cut this one short for now. We're going to let you guys get back to your tables and relax for a little bit. We'll bring Brews with Dudes up next for a live Brews with Dudes show. Stick around. We'll be right back. Sounds good. <laughs> 